Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. scripture psalm 109 we're in this series called honest prayers and last week we looked at grief and in looking at grief it can be a little awkward but we are beginning to realize that god doesn't want us to fake it when we pray god invites us to bring our real life experiences and so during this series we are looking at some of the ones that we might call negative experiences or negative emotions. What do we do with those? And I want you to know that included in the very text of the Bible, God has provided prayers, real, human, honest prayers. And so if you are struggling with a certain emotion and how do I communicate that to God? How do I pray that there are psalms for that? Last week we looked at grief. This week we look at one very, very difficult for us. Especially in the church. Today in Psalm 109 we will look at an honest prayer of anger and vengeance. What what do you mean anger and vengeance? Well, I'm not angry. I'm not vengeful. Really? Really? If we were to look through your Facebook feed, what would we see? Let's read the prayer, and then let's hear what it's going to say to us today. Because honestly, like last week I said, I believe in our country we're experiencing an epidemic of grief. One of the ways that grief gets expressed is through anger. And if there was something that was killing the soul of our nation, and honestly, folks, I see it beginning to infect the church. It is the expression of anger and vengeance in a way that is not productive. Now, I've already said, it's going to be okay. There's prayers for that. And it's not just to rip it out of you and make you happy. But it is to enter into this with the right person. And so, let's hear from God's Word in Psalm 109 today. Hear the Word of the Lord. O God, whom I praise, do not remain silent. For wicked and deceitful men have opened their mouths against me. And they have spoken against me with lying tongues. With words of hatred they surround me. They attack me without cause. In return for my friendship, they accuse me. But I am a man of prayer. They repay me evil for good and hatred for my friendship. Appoint an evil man to oppose them. Let an accursed stand at his right hand. When he is tried, let him be found guilty. And may his prayers condemn him. May his days be few. We're getting into vengeance here, if you weren't aware. May another take his place of leadership. May his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. Oh, my word. May his children be wandering beggars. This is the Bible, right? Yep, says it on the cover. Okay, 
May his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. May his children be wandering beggars. May they be driven from their ruined homes. May a creditor seize all he has. May strangers plunder the fruits of his labor. May no one extend kindness to him or take pity on his fatherless children. May his descendants be cut off, their names blotted out from the next generation. May the iniquity of his fathers be remembered before the Lord. May the sin of his mother... He's bringing his mother into this. May the sin of his mother never be blotted out. May the sins always remain before the Lord, that that he may cut off the memory of them from the earth. For he never thought of doing a kindness, but hounded to death the poor and the needy and the brokenhearted. He loved to pronounce a curse. May it come back on him. He found no pleasure in blessing. May it be far from him. He wore cursing as his garment. It entered into his body like water and his bones like oil. May it be like a cloak wrapped about him, like a belt tied forever around him. May this be the Lord's payment to my accuser, to those who speak evil of me. But you, Sovereign Lord, deal well with me for your name's sake. Out of the goodness of your love, deliver me, for I am poor and needy. And my heart is wounded within me. I fade away like an evening shadow. I am shaken off like a locust. My knees give way from fasting. My body is gaunt and thin. I am an object of scorn to my accusers. When they see me, they shake their heads. Help me, O Lord my God. Save me in accordance with Your love. Let them know that it is Your hand, that You, O Lord, have done it. They may curse, but You will bless. When they attack, they will be put to shame, but Your servant will rejoice. My accusers will be clothed with disgrace and wrapped in shame as in a cloak. With my mouth, I will greatly extol the Lord. In the great throng, I will praise Him, for He stands at the right hand of the needy one to save His life from those who condemn Him. I know it may be hard to hear this. The Word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. (laughs) And And our response is, thanks be to God. Once a month now, for the past few years, um, I go every month and, and visit a guy by the name of Jerry. And uh, Jerry is uh, someone that I was introduced to through a mutual friend. And Jerry is a retired pastor in a different denomination, and he's a retired psychotherapist. And he does what is called spiritual direction. It's kind of like counseling, but really pushing towards prayer. And how does what is happening in your life and in my life as a pastor? How does it develop me? How is, how is God using that? How is God leading that into prayer? And one of the things that Jerry constantly asks me when I'm talking about frustrations or even some of the good things, he always asks me, does that feeling that you've just expressed to me have a voice in prayer? Does that feeling that you just expressed have a voice before God. You see, I, I don't know if it's just because he's a counselor, but he, he was able to put that his finger right on the pulse of what I need. Because I'm very happy to 
come to God with my joys and come to God with the things that are good. And I'm, I'm okay when I'm struggling or when I'm sad. Oh God, help me, heal me. Those kind of, But to just say what I'm actually feeling to God, especially when I'm angry, especially when I'm very frustrated with someone, it just doesn't seem right. And so God has used Jerry to begin pushing me and saying, does that, does that anger, does that frustration, do those thoughts that you have, does that have a voice in prayer? And the first time it was dealing with anger and frustration, I could honestly look at him and say, no, and I'm I'm not sure how to do that. And he said, hmm, I wonder if there's a book of the Bible that might help with that. And began to to lead me through the Psalms that I've read so many times and yet gave new meaning when I began to think, does that thought that you have, does that feeling that you just expressed to me have a voice before God in prayer? It began to change the way I read the Psalms. And so today it's difficult. You've heard what this psalmist has written What does this have to say to you and to me in our daily lives? Well, it has a few things. I want us to just pick some of these things out because I think you'll begin to see why expressing anger and even vengeance to God can be a part of what begins to transform our very daily life. Our daily life on Facebook, our daily life in the way we view politics, our daily life in the way we consume media news, our daily life with our husband and our wife, and yes, our children. The way it can change our life with that family member. You know who I'm talking about. That family member that just gets under your skin. This, this. We'll begin to hear. So let's let's begin to look. So open your Bibles. We're going to go really quickly through these verses. I want you to see the first thing that we see about this psalm is that you can just hear how fast he gets to his frustration. I mean, there's just like one little verse. Oh God, whom I praise. And then boom, he's into the frustration. Have you ever been there with God? Like this, something is so, so frustrating and so, it just seems to ramp up. When we get angry, it just seems to ramp up how quickly we can get to venting that frustration, doesn't it? I mean, that's, that's kind of normal. Anger produces a little bit of adrenaline, sometimes a lot of adrenaline in our system, and that kind of ramps things up pretty quickly. And we begin to see that this is no exception when it comes to the psalmist. So, oh God, whom I praise, do not remain silent. And then he goes right on, for wicked men and deceitful men have opened their mouths against me, have spoken against me, and goes on and on and on. He gets really quickly to the frustration. He goes fast to the description of his frustration. I want you to hear today that if you have experienced anger and frustration, it is okay even If you get there very fastly in your prayer, it is okay to express that frustration to God. It's in the Bible. It's okay for you to pray it. If you don't know how to make the words yourself, just open Psalm 109. It's okay for you to read this if this is your experience. Next, he moves on. He not only expresses 
uh, he gets, is really fast at, at describing his frustration, but then he moves on to fantasize. And he expresses the fantasies of vengeance. And they begin to emerge. And these are really rough. He talks about this guy's mama. He talks about his children. He talks about his great-grandchildren. I don't know what he did, but it must have been pretty bad. But he begins to express those fantasies of vengeance. And I'm not going to have anyone raise their hand. But if you've been human long enough, you have probably had someone who has wounded you, who has abused you, who has said all manner of things against you falsely, and it just makes you angry. It makes your blood boil. Sometimes those are the same people that you would say you love from the bottom of your heart. And yet, there are just those times that if you were really honest and if all of a sudden your thoughts were to be dictated out in print, it might look like, may a creditor seize all he has and strangers plunder the fruits of his labor. And folks, I'm seeing this more and more. I'm seeing this in our politics. I'm seeing this on your Facebook feeds. But I want to remind you and draw you back to this is in the context of prayer with our Lord and our Savior. And there's a difference. And I'm going to Hopefully, I think you're going to see that by the time we get to the end. But for now, I want you to know that the last thing you need to do is to begin to suppress that rage and that anger. Because as a psychologist, I know that whenever we push down anger or negative feelings, it usually begins to come out of us in some sideways area. We, we usually call that a shadow side. Or a shadow way. You're just trying to, oh, I'm not angry, but I'm going to be so passive-aggressive. Every alarm bell will be going off in that kid. Or that spouse. No, I'm fine. It's fine that you left your socks on the floor for the eight millionth time. Having those fantasies of vengeance is very human. But Scripture reminds us the call is where do we send those? We send those to God in prayer. Because we see eventually that anger and vengeance are really a secondary emotion. And finally, our psalmist gets to the real feelings. We see that in verse 21. But you, O sovereign Lord, deal well with me for your name's sake. Out of your goodness and love, deliver me, for I am poor and needy. 
And my heart is wounded within me. I fade away like an evening shadow. I'm shaken off like a locust. My knees give way from fasting. My body is thin and gaunt. And I am an object of scorn to my accusers. Help me, O Lord. Save me in accordance with Your love. It's not always easy, but when I see an angry or vengeful person, I'm hoping that God is beginning to help me see there's something deeper that's going on here. And our psalmist, when they write this, they show that perfectly. In one moment, he is cursing their grandchildren. And the next moment, it finally arrives at home. I have been wounded in my heart. And that's... That's a hard moment to get to. Can I say, even as a pastor, it's hard. Because we share a lot of life together, you and I. And sometimes it doesn't always work. This may come as a surprise to you. Some people leave the church. And it hurts. And I'm human. And sometimes there's anger. And sometimes there's vengeance. I don't think I've ever cursed anybody's grandchildren. Or their mamas. But it hurts. And it takes God using someone like Jerry when I am expressing that anger and that frustration to say, does that feeling that you have have a voice before God in prayer? And as he's asked me that time and time again, I begin to see how God, when I'm able to voice and express that frustration, can shift that feeling of anger and vengeance and get me to the heart of the matter. It just hurts, God. It just hurts. We shared so much life together. I poured into them and and now they're just gone. It just hurts. Have you gotten there? Maybe you came in today and you're so frustrated with that person who damaged your relationship or who walked away. Maybe you're, you're just frustrated that, that your, your kids are just driving you crazy or maybe you're, you're frustrated with your job or frustrated at work and you're angry and maybe you haven't had that place or maybe you are expressing that over and over. Have you taken that feeling in prayer to God? Because I believe that God will help you begin to see that that prayer is a second, or that, that feeling is a secondary emotion and wants to help you move from fantasizing about vengeance to getting into the real feelings of what's going on. And the feeling is, I'm hurt, or I'm overwhelmed, or I don't know what to do, or I don't know how to do this. This is what God can do. Finally, as the feelings are finally expressed, the psalmist reminds us that the final word is worship. 
The final word is worship. Verses 30 and 31, he is beginning to worship. He says, with my mouth I will greatly extol. That's a fancy word for praising the the Lord. In a great throng, that's, that's a fancy word for crowd, I will praise Him. For He stands at the right hand of the needy one to save the life from those who condemn Him. The psalmist moves from that fast frustration through his fantasies of vengeance, finally into the real feelings, but then lets the final word be worship. Why is that? Because the calling for you and for me as people who follow Jesus, our calling is to declare what we know about God, not what we think we know about someone else. You may want to write that down. Our calling is to declare what we know to be true about God. Not what we think we know to be true about someone else. Can I get an amen? And what do we know about God? We know that God is the only one who can be trusted to bring about justice. Let me say that again. God is the only one we know who can be trusted with justice. Because God can see the whole picture. And God can see the entirety of humanity. In fact, God holds the entirety of the cosmos within His loving embrace. And so He can be trusted with justice. Because He can see all that there is. Not just the little part, but all the pieces on the playing field. And how does God bring about justice? Mm. Well, if you read through the rest of this, you'll find that usually it comes about By loving and forgiving. At the very beginning when He had told Adam and Eve, if they ate of that tree on that day, you will surely die. And they ate of that tree. He brought about consequences and a covering. He brought about consequences. They couldn't live in the garden anymore. They had to go out. But He made sure that they had what they needed for this difficult journey. He covered them with clothes. When the children of Israel, who had been released from centuries of being slaves in Egypt, and they were making their way through the desert, and instead of looking at what they had been delivered from, they were looking at, the, at where they were in their current situation, and they began to grumble and complain. What did God do? What did God do? God expressed His frustration. Yes. But God also expressed His faithfulness. And if you look at Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, you will see that He led them in the desert for 40 years so that the younger generations would begin to learn that they could trust this God who was calling them faithfully into the promised land. And when Israel could not seem 
to get it into their heart and into the ethos of who they were as a nation, that they were God's chosen people and were going after other political persuasions and were going after other gods of other nations. What did God do? God went ahead of them into exile. He preceded them into exile, and there in exile, He prepared their hearts to return back to the promised land. He loved and He forgave. And when God put on flesh and moved into the neighborhood because He knew that sinful people needed a Savior and He wanted them to see what this Father looked like in flesh and blood, what did He do? He taught them with a table where He gave His body and His blood to His disciples and to the one who would betray Him. Where are you today, my friends? Does this, does this psalm look like your Facebook feed? If so, I just want to gently remind you and say to you, that's not the place for your anger and vengeance. The place for your anger and vengeance is in front of God, who is big enough to handle it and big enough to be trusted with justice. Do you need to return to the table to be taught by the one who forgave who called us to love our enemies, to pray for those who persecute us? Are you ready to return to the One who can hear our vengeance and move us into our real feelings and remind us that the final word for you and for me is to worship, to declare what we know to be true about God and to let go of trying to declare what we think we know to be true about someone else? The table is a beautiful place for that to take place. And so I invite you to go ahead and let's do the noisy part and open up for the bread and for the cup. If you're online at home, I invite you to go ahead and get your bread and your cup ready. Oh, I can't wait till we can just distribute this again. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, with his betrayer still present, he took bread and he took cup and he prepared a very sacred meal that we still participate in today. And like I said before, this is not my table. It's not cross-community church's table. It's not the Church of the Nazarene's table. It's not any church's table. It's the table of Jesus. And He wants His table full. So if you're hungry for a God who's big enough for your vengeful thoughts, big enough and gentle enough to turn your heart to where you're really wounded and heal that, and lead you into worship, and I want you to know you're welcome at the table. Can I, can I just say, if you're not there yet, if you're online, you're, you just know you're filled with rage. 
and vengeance. It's okay to come to the table and say, I'm hungry for someone who will teach me how to move into the real feelings and will lead my heart to declare what I know to be true about God and let go of what I think I know about someone else. If you're hungry, there's bread and there's cup available for you. And somehow we believe that somehow God's grace comes into this and sustains us and helps us and moves us out into our world to love and to forgive like He loved and forgives. So, let's take a moment and let's prepare our hearts. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes and just bring your honest feelings to God. Maybe a topic like this has brought someone front and center and they're like looking at you right in the eyes in your mind's eye. Can you in your heart just ask God, help me. You help the needy heart and my heart needs you. Help me to know and declare what I know to be true about you. And help me to let go of what I think I know to be true about this person I'm seeing, whether it's a family member or a co-worker or a politician or a spouse. Help me. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread he said, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat. Take and eat. On that same night, he took the cup and he poured wine into it and he said, this is my blood shed for you. The blood of the new covenant that preserves you blameless unto eternal life. Take and drink. Take and drink. God, we thank you for who you are, your love, and your mercy. Teach us at the table each time. Remind us that you and only you are big enough to be trusted with justice. Ours is to worship. And yes, sometimes our prayer, our worship includes our frustrations, our fantasies of vengeance, But we know that you are faithful to lead us to the true feelings of woundedness and pain. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters if they are struggling with those feelings of woundedness and pain. Would you lead them? Would you heal them? Would you lead them to a counselor? Would you invite them into this journey of helping them to explore and let go of those feelings so they can move into worship? love you, we praise you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand and receive the final blessing? Thank you for being here. Make sure you say hi and congratulate Chasper and Kara on their baptisms today. It's so great to have them here, and what a great testimony. 
but receive this blessing. And now, may you, my brothers, my sisters, my friends online, may you know that it is okay to pray honest prayers. Even when you're angry. Even when you have fantasies of vengeance. I pray that you will experience a sacred space where you can bring those feelings and give it voice and prayer before God. And may God lead you in God's time to the deeper feelings and to move you into worship. I pray you would experience the joy of being set free from those vengeful feelings that keep you bound in the past. And may you go forth in joy and hope. And I pray these things in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Spirit who is in us, one God forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Thank you for joining us online. We will see you next week. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.